The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are caring for a person with autism... Great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I'm the Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies as well as a board-certified behavior analyst with 12 years' experience working with kids with autism, um, supporting families, supporting adults, supporting kids, early intervention, working on uh, all these different levels of, of ABA services. You know, I'm really excited about today's show, uh, largely because it's, it, it's all about me. It, it's, you guys get me for an hour. We're talking. Uh, no guests today. Today's the mailbag show and, and the show that I've been really excited about um, because I really like responding to your questions. I'm getting to have this like other dimension of interaction with our Facebook and, and the more info email that we, we talk about each week. So it's really kind of fun to kind of put this together, um, as well as you know, let me have an hour to be a clinician and, and try my best to help you guys out and give you some, some resources, information, and tips to, to really help your kids. Um, you know, I was, I was all set with this story for to start off today's show like I always do and um, you know this morning I kind of had this last minute change of of mind in that um, I was thinking about uh, going to my doctor uh, got a brand new uh, primary care physician I'm in an HMO and as you guys who also on an HMO know you gotta you gotta go to that PCP get everything started and uh, I basically got assigned a, a PCP and uh Good news is I've got this really nice guy as my doctor. I really, really like him. We, we just started chatting uh, pretty early on in, in the visit and uh, couldn't be nicer. Really kind of explained to me what everything we were going to do and, and the basics of a, of a first appointment, etc. As we got talking, he, he started asking me a little bit about what I do. And he, um, he was really intrigued. He, he kept asking me more and more questions. Tell me more about ABA. Tell me more about this. Tell me more about what you do with these kids. And uh, after asking me all these different questions, he, he says to me, I don't know if you know this, but on top of being um, in the Department of Internal Medicine, I actually am really actively involved in our group's pediatrics program and provide a lot of support to the pediatric residents. And um, we don't know a ton about autism. We don't know a ton about services. And to hear that, you know, here you are sitting in this room, this is what you do. It's, it's amazing. I want to learn more and I want to teach the people I work with more. So we started talking about the basics of ABA and, and can I come um, and do a presentation for them and, and teach them a little bit more about ABA, which was really exciting for me because, you know, so many times on the show, 
through your emails, through everything, I hear, um, I hear things like, you know, my pediatrician um, doesn't know a lot about autism or, or maybe says we should wait and see, um, isn't aware of the different types of services maybe out there. And it was just so exciting to have this, this pediatrician be like, no, I not only acknowledge my limitations and I, I want to expand them and expand my boundaries. So it was, it was just this great moment. But it also made me realize, and, and this is why I tell the story, is that you know, I kind of have to tee things up. So today we're going to be doing a mailbag um, with all of your questions. I've got a bunch of questions here that I think are going to lead to some great conversation um, and discussion. But I come at things from an ABA point of view. And you know, when, I, when I look at the world and when I look at these situations, I put that BCBA hat on nice and firm. And a different person, like a pediatrician, may have a different point of view. You know, I, I, I look at things from a basic framework and, you know, you guys have gone in bits and pieces of the ABA world, but just to make sure we're all on the same page and I give you that nice kind of priming, um, a good ABA strategy, um, you know, I look at things from functions. I, I, I think about why are our kids doing what they're doing? What are the functions? And I try and drill down and, and get down to core elements, core core basic functions. And, and to me, those are getting something, getting out of something, or it just feels really, really good. Now, there's a lot of different thoughts and feelings and emotions that kind of factor into those basic functions, but they all contribute to, they don't change the function. So keep that in mind. When I look at some of these problems we're going to discuss I'm going to talk a lot about functions, figuring out what is that function in the behavior so then we can come up with that replacement behavior um, to teach instead. And I know we've talked a lot about replacement behaviors on the show. The next thing um, it's important to keep in mind is the idea of um, reinforcement. I'm always going to look at positive practices, increasing behaviors through the presentation of a reinforcer. And... Um, those reinforcers can be a lot of different things. So it can be uh, as simple as a toy, an edible or food. Um, it could be praise, attention. Um, I'm, we're always striving for those positive things. So when you hear my answers, a lot of positive practice, a lot of ideas of positive reinforcement. Um, basic, simple example that we live in every single day is you know, kids saying, can I have that toy? Sure, here you go. Here's the toy question is reinforced by the presentation of what it is that they were asking for. Basic ABA sequence that should lead to positive reinforcement um, because that behavior should go up and continue to happen. Um, so we got that out of the way. We got the foundation. I hope you guys are ready. Um, it is really interesting to, to get your questions because, you know, I'm, I'm, I came into this expecting maybe certain themes and certain topics to come up, and you guys went in some different directions, which was really cool for me. So to start off, we are going to have a big old potty training segment. This was by far the number one topic. We got emailed to us or posted on Facebook, which is really, really exciting. And um, I got so many different questions. I'm not going to read every single one. But um, I've got a couple of really good ones to get us started. 
So the very first question I got is a really short one, but probably the best one for us to start with. And it comes from Karen. And Karen's question is, my son is six and we can't seem to get him to always go in the potty. Any ideas for us? So really broad question, Karen. It's a great one for us to start with. Um, And so um, I'm going to start with some just general potty training strategies out there, whether it be for a six-year-old, a two-year-old, a four-year-old. They're good sound strategies for us to start off with. So when I look at potty training, some of the things I want to do is create a schedule. So I want to create consistency and routine um, and do it in such a way where uh, you're going to take your son to the bathroom every um, amount uh, on a set schedule or set number of minutes every single time. So it's every 30 minutes or every hour or every 45 minutes. And what I do to figure this out and to start off with is figure out um, before I start the schedule, just take a little bit of data to find out how long in between um, trips. So what I mean by that is how often does your child go and, and what is the duration in between occurrences? So if your child is going to the bathroom every hour, then I probably want to set a schedule of every 50 minutes, a little bit less than um, the child is actually going. So that way I can kind of catch them in the bathroom right before um, they need to go. The second thing I want to do, and this can shift our schedule, is um, load up on extra fluids. So a theory here is the more occurrences you have, the more times you get to go and practice, the more this can become ingrained. And what you'll oftentimes hear is the idea of it's called fluid loading. We're going to load up on fluids so the child has to go more. And again, I associate a, a schedule with this. You do a set schedule and you take a similar type of baseline of you know, how often between occurrences. So if normally it's an hour, now with fluid loading, it's about 40 minutes. Maybe I'm going and taking my schedule to about 30, 35 minutes. Again, a little bit less than what the average is. Another tip for you is going back to that idea of positive reinforcement. We always want to provide a big reinforcer right after success. Um, I have an old boss mentor who says when the kid goes to the bathroom, it's Disneyland. Like that's what, how big the reward and it's got to be. That can be food, really easy to do a quick uh, bit of sweets, candies, yummy. Um, I've had kids earn fruit. They love fruit and that was the thing that they got. Um, but whatever it is, they should only get it. We're going to isolate this reward Food is probably the best when you're doing toileting, but it can be iPods, iPads, games, toys, computer time. It's something that we want to isolate just for potty training. So the only time they get it in any single day is when they successfully go to the bathroom. And then you want to make sure that they get it right away. So boom, you went to the bathroom, you finished up, boom, here it is right away. The longer... The longer we wait to give that reinforcer, the less effective it's going to be. And that's what sometimes you see happen is, okay, great, you went to the bathroom, but you won't get the reinforcer to 20 minutes from from that point or maybe even at the end of the day. Um, You want a high, high, high level of reinforcement um, every single time and then kind of look to fade it out and decrease the amounts later on after you've got a lot of success. 
And that's another thing to keep in mind is, you know, thinning out that reinforcement schedule step by step by step, nice and slow, because you don't want your child to become too attached to I must get a reinforcer. Every time I don't get a reinforcer, I won't be successful. Um, And then the last tip for you to get us started is just the idea of I'm a big believer. Um, you know, I've had some people who say like, okay, we're going to sit on the toilet all day long or you're going to sit on it for five minutes or ten minutes. And, you know, when I start off, I, I don't go that way. I don't, I don't start there. I, I've had to go to longer durations to get the success. But I typically start from the perspective of, you know, I go to the bathroom. I go. I'm quick. I'm in. I'm out. And having to delay that and sit there for longer could be um, more punitive than reinforcing. So I typically tell parents who are starting potty training or maybe restarting um, from, from a new starting off point, you know, two minutes is probably the most I have the kid wait and try before doing it again. Because I believe more frequent visits with shorter time is the best way to get started. And then if you're not having the success, then maybe increasing the duration and maybe going into a real more intensive program where you're literally spending the day in the bathroom. All right. That's, that's our first question. We're going to continue with uh, the potty question extravaganza when we get back from this commercial break. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. It is a mailbag show, so no guests today. Uh, I guess I'm your guest today, really. Um, 
we're we're coming back into our potty question extravaganza for the mailbag. Um, as I said on the first segment, we we got a lot of those questions from you guys, which is great. Um, you know, I wanted to add one thing um, into that first question about just general tips. If if you do have a situation where um, you're spending a lot of time in the bathroom, you do need to do more of an intensive, you know, as I said, I like two minutes, but maybe you have to wait five minutes, ten minutes. Do try and make it reinforcing. You know, the, the biggest concern I have is, is it being very punitive. So, you know, I've had families who have a little um, laptop or maybe their iPad or, or a, a little um, portable DVD player where maybe there's a, a movie going as the child is kind of sitting there for extended periods um, because that may minimize behaviors, make it a less aversive and, um, you know, make the bathroom reinforcing because just sitting there doing nothing for an extended period of time could backfire in that the bathroom becomes a real negative place. Like, oh God, I don't want to be here and just sit here, do nothing. Because I've actually seen that happen to a couple kiddos where they, the families had to start all the way from the beginning and do, go into more of a desensitization program, which we're actually going to talk about in two questions. All right. I'm going to get into question number two. And this is a, a complex one that actually tackles a little bit more than just pottying. So let's get into this one from Casey. And Casey writes to us saying, um, my son is six and potty trained but still continues to potty in his room. Is this just a phase? Doctors checked for weak bladder, etc., and everything's great there, but is it normal? Also, he tears wallpaper off his walls. One doctor said it's normal for kids with the spectrum, but just seems odd to me. How do I stop it? So this is actually a really complex question, and it's why I really wanted to also tee up this idea of, um, of my viewpoint, my idea of these ideas of functions and, and how I relate to that. Um, so I want to tackle both parts of Casey's questions because I think they, they lead to some good questions back and, and hopefully some good advice for her that she can use right away. Um, first, the pottying in his room. Now, there's a few different things that could be going on. I, Casey, I love that you went to check to your doctor about weak bladder. I think that is really, really um, a great decision. It, it's good because to get these different perspectives and look at this from more than just a maybe behavioral piece and look at it from a medical piece. Um, Since you've ruled that out, now let's talk a little bit about the behavioral. And and I think that's a good process, ruling out medical going into the behavioral. Um, I'm not entirely sure if this is uh, quite what uh, this um, potty, using the potty in his room looks like. So I'm going to give you a couple of different things. First is, let's say this is more of like a bedwetting. Um, there are a couple of really cool sensors out there that um, basically it's like a pad and you can put the pad on the bed and you put it underneath the sheets and the moment that there's a little bit of wetness, like even the tiniest drip, the uh, alarm goes off, a beeper goes off to wake up the child. And the purpose is to be able to catch the child midway through or as they're starting to go. They can catch themselves, run to the bathroom. Because a lot of times with um, bedwetting, the issue is kids not recognizing that they're going um, and not waking up. And so it's, it's a way to try and alert them to feelings, senses. And this kind of makes sense for our kids who have so many sensory deficits that they maybe don't have um, the sensation in, in the right 
I guess, in the right way or, or, or feel the same things that maybe you and I feel. And so this is a way to help give them a little bit of an alarm, a little bit of extra assistance in doing so. Um, another thing I would consider, and I don't know the home, your layout in your home, but I know a lot of kids I've worked with, um, families have reshuffled uh, bedrooms a little bit. Uh, maybe siblings have switched bedrooms um, to allow their child on the spectrum who maybe has some of these uh, toileting issues to be in closer proximity to a restroom. I know um, in one case, this, this just super uh, really amazing mom and dad actually gave up their room where they had a master bath to um, work on toileting and they switched rooms with their kid so that way the kiddo could be like right in the bathroom and just hop out of bed and go versus having to leave their bedroom, walk down the hall and go to another bathroom that was uh, quite considerably further away in comparison. So those are two pieces there. Now, let's now tackle maybe the other side of this, this toileting piece is I have seen instances where kids are um, maybe urinating on a wall, um, defecating in a corner. And in those cases, one of the things I would look to do is figure out what's going on. Now, what I mean by what's going on is let's look at the behaviors is this potentially a behavior no different than aggression or SIB or tantruming that we typically associated maybe with like wanting to get out of something or oftentimes in these isolated instances can be attention maintained. So I have seen some kids who have engaged in things like this for attention where this is for whatever reason – an association they've made of how they can get a lot of attention from a parent or from someone um, for an inappropriate behavior. Now, when we think about attention, the thing that people think about is, okay, if, if this kid wants attention, then I should ignore it. Well, you don't necessarily want to ignore these types of issues, you know, urine, feces. Um, you got to clean it up. So what you end up having to do here is Clean it up quietly, not make a big deal about it. It's kind of, let's get this kid cleaned up, let's clean up the mess, but not make a big deal out of it. No yelling, no reprimands, um, basically clean it up quietly. Super hard to do as a parent, I know that. Um, and this has a lot of potential pitfalls to it because there could be more going on. I think in this case, if you're working with someone like me, a behavior analyst, this question of what is the function is really critical because oftentimes it's not a deficit of not being able to use the restroom because from your question, we know that your son can use the restroom. Something else is likely going on. Um, there's either an aversion to something or maybe there's, a, uh, as I said, an attention piece. So figuring that part out here is going to be best way to figure out the replacement behavior. Um, and so working with someone on, on that, I think is going to be a critical step for you. If that's the type of behavior your son is exhibiting. Um, let's talk about the, the wallpaper piece too, while we're there. Um, you know, again, I, I, I don't get the idea of normal, the, this idea of, well, that's normal for a kid on the spectrum or, or that's not normal because, you know, I come out from the world, as we've said before, um, what is normal? We've had a lot of guests say the same thing. 
If you know one kid on the spectrum, you know one kid on the spectrum. So peeling wallpaper is not necessarily normal um, because we're, we're concerned about this kid. Um, you know, hearing this, there, there's an easy quick fix. The easy quick Band-Aid fix is take down the wallpaper, paint your walls. I've actually had some families do that, and then they really work on their intervention in maybe other rooms that are more communal rooms that have wallpaper. Um, what I would most likely do here, though, is, and I'm making a big assumption. Remember I said get something, get out of something, or feels good? A lot of kids I've worked with who have peeled things, whether it be uh, PEX icons, um, Velcro, um, wallpaper, I have seen that, um, is uh, they're doing it because it feels good. It's the, uh, the function is maybe sensory maintained, as we often say. Um, what I would try and do is, are there other things this kid can get or I can provide to help give the same sensory access? So what are other things that he could potentially pick at, peel, um, that would be more appropriate. Some examples that come to mind to me are maybe, um, maybe musical instruments, something like a guitar where he can pluck strings. Um, again, that feeling of the nails and the finger. Maybe it is um, creating some sort of sensory device with, uh, with your OT or your uh, ABA provider where there's things he, your child can scratch um, I've heard of some OTs using very, very fine um, sandpaper, which gives that little bit of that texture, a little bit of that feeling, and they kind of put it on maybe like the cover of a notebook um, or things like that, things that are a little bit more um, maybe appropriate or not necessarily appropriate, I should say. Things that are just more like in our normal environments, like so it doesn't like have the kids stand out and they're things they can scratch. Um, so looking at some of those things like that, like what are other things I can provide um, to help me do that? Um, and if you want to get the, the ABA technical term of what I'm doing, because um, you have a BCBA out there who you can work with or maybe you, um, you're a BCBA yourself or a young behavior analyst, um, it's, it's often referred to as a competing stimulus assessment and something where basically I look at all these different things that hopefully provide the same sensory and I just see which one – leads to the least amount of wallpaper picking. So which one is the biggest or best distraction or placement for that sensory feeling? It can take a little bit of time, but it can do wonders. All right. That was a really long uh, answer for me. Um, and I I'm seeing here that I literally have maybe one, two minutes before I get into the next commercial. And uh, my next and final toiling question is a little bit long. So uh, why don't we take an early commercial break? Um, so stick around. We're going to take our break right now, and we'll come to the, the trifecta of the uh, toileting question extravaganza. We'll be right back. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. 
Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey everybody! Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. All right, that was that was a longer segment too than I expected, um, but I want to get into a third toileting question for you. And um, you know, it it's something I actually went back into our archives and got an older question for because I thought it kind of rounded out this discussion. We kind of talked about some general strategies. Um, we talked about some of the, I guess, challenges that come up um, as you continue with toileting. Um, and, and this is kind of a, another challenge that people kind of touched upon, but I thought this question really summed it up the best. Um, and, and it's something we, we posted a while back, but I thought was really uh, just sums up a, a problem that I've seen so many times really well. So here we go. Uh, we've been potty training my son with reasonably good success over the last six months. Progress has been slow, but he's been doing great until recently. We were at the mall, using a toilet in one of the department stores. When he flushed the toilet, it scared him. It was loud and in a big, echoing bathroom. I'm shocked at how this has set back our efforts. He has begun refusing to go potty and has been having daily accidents, which I thought we were past. Now we are starting to see tantrums when we encourage him to try to go potty. What can I do? So this is... Unfortunately, far too common. You know, we see kids go into the community. Things are going great. Home is great. It's a nice, safe place. Mom and dad are there. It's my bathroom. I'm comfortable. I'm familiar. Um, it, it makes sense. Like even me as a kid, I felt I felt very uncomfortable going to like public restrooms. Like I always wanted to use the bathrooms at home. Like that was way more safe. You know, as a as a five year old, six year old. Um, and so it makes sense that our kids would probably feel the same way. And it makes things in the community are even more challenging because now you go into the community and everything is hands-free. So many automatic flushers. And I've seen so many kids struggle with that. They have in their mind how this should all go. And all of a sudden the, steps, the step gets skipped because the automatic flusher goes off too soon. They get startled just like this kiddo. It gets really loud. And things kind of go haywire in terms of our plan. So, you know, the, the advice we gave at the time that I really want to add to is this idea of going into the community is a real work in progress. It, it, it's something you shouldn't just kind of jump into. Um, and so when you do this, you know, I like to not just try bathrooms willy-nilly, but kind of think about just like I'm, almost when I'm working on like shopping 
you know, when I do a shopping program, um, typically for our kids, it's accepting not buying something every single time. You know, I go to the same couple of stores. Like I have like one or two stores figured out. Well, so too would I do the same thing here. I'd have one or two public restrooms figured out. Help your child get familiar. But before you even try and toilet, spend a couple of sessions just familiarizing yourself and your child with that bathroom. Is there an automatic flusher? So, you know, close on, standing up, start setting off that flusher. Flush the toilet. Like, do a couple of trips in there just so your child can get used to the sounds and the, the feels of everything. Um, that way, within the very first time when they're kind of, uh, you know, vulnerable and exposed, you can, you don't have the additional pressure of hearing an unexpected sound. Um, a lot of times I also try and use public restrooms that maybe aren't like big, huge, you know, multi-stall restrooms. Can I find a restroom that is maybe literally just one toilet? So that way I have a little bit more privacy and other people aren't kind of coming in and out unexpectedly and throwing things off. And maybe then using the multi-stall restroom at like a Target or um, at some of these other department stores, maybe that's something I do second or third in my sequence. Now, let's tackle the part of now we've got to take this big massive step back. Things aren't working. Well, what we do here is something called desensitization training. And, And I know I mentioned it before. And it can be a little disheartening. It can be a little... A little bit of a bummer to you, especially if you've made so much progress. But it can really work and do wonders very quickly um, if you do it step by step, baby step by baby step. It, it can be much faster than you think. So what we looked at here was having some steps. And again, the steps of sensitization are very individualized. They're very tailored to the person. But an example of how this could be is that you start back in your preferred home bathroom. And have your child sit outside the preferred bathroom at home while you, the parent, flush. So he doesn't even have to go in. He's just out there and hearing the sounds again. Then maybe he's going inside and just standing, clothes on, just kind of hanging out, flushing it. Um, Having him flush and then quickly leave. So the first time he's inside while you flush, now he flushes and takes off real quick. Then maybe um, he is flushing while there's some other noises going, the shower, the sink, etc. Make it louder um, so we can handle that. Then um, have that toiling routine resume, start again, get him making progress and using your home bathroom again, and then do similar steps out in the community. Maybe standing outside a typically quiet public restroom, maybe opening the door to that restroom, standing inside, um, having you flush, having him flush, um, and then eventually going to maybe louder, busier um, restrooms, again, using those same type of sequences. So it's baby step, baby step, baby step. But when they all add up, you're you know, miles away from where you started. This is generally the best way to kind of get over a lot of these kind of like anxiety or phobias or fears that we're seeing is this type of step-by-step desensitization. Um, you know, the only thing I would add to this is you may need to have a reinforcer. So it's not enough to just desensitize. After each one of these steps, whichever one you're at, high levels of reinforcement. So, you know, I talked before about maybe an edible. Maybe that edible is just for walking into the restroom and walking out. 
Maybe the edible is just for flushing. And again, that should be an isolated reinforcer, maybe an isolated treat just associated with this toileting routine. Um, because that, that reinforcer is going to keep plugging along, plugging along, plugging ar- along. Um, you know, and I had to do this with uh, a client of mine long, long time ago, really remember, remember him well. And we had the transition of home bathroom to school bathroom. And the flush is what really got him caught up and, and freaked out. And what we ultimately realized is if we just flushed for him, so he did everything he needed to do, buttoned up. He would go to the doorway and we flushed and then that led to some success and then he eventually was able to start flushing himself. So you could add little steps like that into this type of desensitization too. Um, so some good things to consider. All right. Three big questions. Uh, all have a lot to do with toiling but I hope you guys can see there, there's a lot more that goes into it. You, we really got to talk a lot about you know that science of ABA. Um. But now I kind of want to get away from ABA for a second. I want to tackle uh, some less familiar ground for me. And uh, as much as I like to, you know, give you guys resources, advice to kind of push uh, your understanding, you know, I'm trying to do that for myself here too. I'm trying to make myself a more well-rounded um, autism resource. And um, I think these next couple of questions are really great at that and, and uh, have got me going in that path. So my next question comes from Susan, and Susan asks, uh, what are the best supplements for kids with autism? So I don't know a ton about supplements. I don't know a ton about the biomedical side of, of autism. Um, I've read articles. I, I know where to point families in direction to some resources, but it, it, it's something that you know isn't necessarily ABA. It's something that is a supplemental or, or complementary type of approach. So, you know, I... I Went someplace that I felt like I trust, where I go for resources, and uh, want to share this information with you. Um, I'm a big fan of a group called TACA, or Talk About Curing Autism. They're a parent support group that uh, started here in um, Southern California, I believe in Orange County, and really, through just the amazing work they've done, have um, had chapters and branches um, across the country. And it's really about parents coming together supporting one another, sharing resources with one another, bringing in experts to help guide them. And um, they've got some great information. So if you're curious about the stuff I'm about to read, you can go to www.tacanow.org. And then they have a family resources page and then a a supplements and overview um, section within their family resources page. Definitely recommend you check it out if this is something you want more information on. But some of the things they say is, um, you know, when you're thinking about the biomedical and you're thinking about supplements, um, a gluten-free, casein-free diet is really important um, and is a critical part of supplementation. Um, They emphasize a balanced diet, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think about me and me when I am like not eating the way my wife wants me to in terms of my fruits and my vegetables and all my vitamins, um, I am... I must admit, I'm crabby. You know, I think about that movie Supersize Me, and if I ate chicken nuggets and french fries and hamburgers all day long from any fast food or even great places, I kind of feel gross, you know, versus when I'm eating salads and chicken and fish and getting all those different things. You know, I feel better. I'm more attentive. I'm more awake. I'm more alert. And, I, you know, I, I problem solve better. So I think this makes a lot of sense for our kids, too. 
Um, they recommend eliminating or controlling items in your child's diet, such as yeast, refined sugars, dyes, natural flavors, excessive intake of carbohydrates. Um, testing what supplements are missing from your child's body is also important. And they say that some of the most common missing and needed supplements for kids on the spectrum are calcium, zinc, magnesium, cod liver oil, but make sure that if you're using this, it's tested and mercury-free. Um, essential fatty acid um, uh, supplement is EFA powder. Selenium, probiotics, uh, methyl B12. Um, oftentimes you'll see this in shots or nasal spray. TMG or DMG or super new thera. Vitamin C, L-carotene, uh, quercetin, and pycnogenol. Sorry, not sure about that one. Um, L-glutathione, um, vitamins A, C, D, and E, and taurine. Um, I am not familiar with all these supplements. As I said, I, I'm not the expert on this. Um, and I really recommend that if you guys are interested in this, you know, go to this website, talk to your pediatrician, seek the people who are the medical experts and really have focus in on this. Um, I know a lot of families who just rave about the results they've seen from the the biomedical part. And I know even more families who have, you know, balanced this out with their intervention. I've got the biomedical, I've got the ABA, I've got the speech, I've got the special ed team. I have maybe a a really great um, psychologist or a pediatrician also working with my child and, and they've got that full well-rounded approach. And, and I think those, that philosophy in that way just makes all the difference for our kids. So uh, final thought here is that this is something I'm actually going to talk a lot more about on the show this summer. Um, we're actually going to have uh, a couple of guests coming on board, one from the Kennedy Krieger Institute talking a little bit more about um, some of the biomedical things that uh, they're seeing and doing so I'm very excited to, uh, to spread those resources and, and educate myself a bit. All right. Uh, time for our final commercial break. Um, so we will be right back. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, we're here with our final segment. Um, and got one last question I think would be great for us to end on. Um, it comes from Jan. And Jan says, uh, as a mom, I'm struggling with finding the balance between feeling like a drill sergeant, scheduling appointments, running all the programs and goals, and wanting to connect with my kids in a meaningful way. Any advice about prioritizing these things or, or tips from seasoned parents you've worked with on how they do it? Um, and I feel like this, I don't know, I feel like this is a, just a great question to end on because I feel like so many of our guests have talked about this whether they be our professionals coming on, talking about their experiences with parents, um, or they've been some of our parents themselves. You know, Dana Weber's talked about this on the show. Um, Rodney, Pete, when he was talking about his book and his son and his dad, you know, he talked a lot about that's some of the struggle that he and his wife had where he wanted to be the play, the playful one and she had to be the disciplinarian. And so it's they as a couple had that challenge and that stress and, you know, we hear a lot about that, the idea of we as parents, as, uh, as married partners, don't necessarily um, see ourselves on the same page with these types of issues. And I think that on the same token, you, you have um, a balance of am I being a disciplinarian with all of my kids um, and, and am I overly rigid now? Everyone has to be on this schedule. And I think that you know, there, there's no one-size-fit-all answer here. I mean, I've heard some great stories. Um, I think about um, families like the Arefis. Um, you know, they were on our show probably about eight, nine months ago talking about their book, talking about resources. And in their book, they talk a lot about the fun activities they did, you know, making a point of we've got this rigid, structured day. We've got this rigid, structured week with ABA and school and all these other things. But they made a point of like weekends being at the park and doing a lot of fun social family activities. Um, and so it, it feels kind of like feeding into the rigidity. But one thing I've seen a lot of my families do is they literally schedule in fun time. They schedule in family time. It's like we know Friday is family day or Saturday is family day. Um, you know, I think back, you know, uh, old friend and, and multiple visit guest Judy Mark used to always tell me she's like Saturday for her son was like that was my day like that was that was a fun day he he had all of his services he had all this work they had all this structure but Saturday afternoon he always did something really really fun and there was always something fun to be done as a family and they were really big about making sure like weekends it's not that they weren't structured but that there was always fun activities um that they were making an, an effort to say, let's take all of the stuff we've learned, let's take all these strategies we've been taught by our, our team, apply them to these fun activities, um, maybe get a little bit of extra support. Um, you know, we talked about last week on the show a lot about the idea of creating this nice extended family. Well, that's what they were able to do. They had some friends and some families, so it was um, more people around when they did this trip to the museum or this trip to the park or, or to Disneyland. So there was more people around. And so 
I think there's a lot of great things you can do in that regard. Um, and I think that's a big part. It's, you know, you're creating this structure for a reason, but can there be really fun activities interspersed um, to really tie into those other parts? Um, you know, I think about whether it be, it could be sports, it could be family outings, it could be a movie. Um, there's so many of these great family-friendly um, movie showings. Um, AMC, I know, does a lot of those. And I, I think the key is making sure that the activities can still be very structured. Your, your week can be very structured, but it doesn't have to always be about just the therapy. It can be about something that your kid is just really, really good at or really, really finds enjoying, and you get to be an active participant in that rather than all of this therapy that focuses in on let's get you better in this way or let's teach you this thing you don't know. Um, it can just be a really great opportunity to do something that's just fun or your child is, like I said, really good at and do it together. Um, whether that be a true joint attention, cooperative type of an activity, or maybe it is a little bit more parallel, but you at least get to share that experience together because even just sharing an experience together, even if it's a little bit more parallel rather than a, a true joint attention activity, um, can still be really, really meaningful and can really, really make a difference. So I think that's a, I think that's a really w- good way of trying to find that balance. All right. So uh, let's see here. We got five minutes left. You know what? I know I said I was going to make this uh, my last question, but I do have a quick one that I, I kind of want to throw in here um, that I think is just, um, just really good to note and, and something that I just want to throw out there. Um, the, um, I got a question from, um, Dina who asked about, um, who basically just asked if I could talk a little bit about hyperbaric oxygen therapy for autism and if she could get a little bit more information about that. And again, this is something I don't have a ton of information on, don't have a ton of experience about, um, or with, but, um, you know, it's something that I personally haven't seen a, a tremendous amount of research and, and support for in terms of like the, the scientific sense. But uh, there are a lot of other resources out there. Um, and, you know, I don't really feel as qualified to talk about the, um, the uh, hyperbaric piece as I did, but maybe about the biomedical, which I have a little bit more experience with. Um, I do want to just point out two references that I think are really great um, that I want to throw out there. Again, Taka Now, www.takanow.org. Their family resource section does have some information about hyperbaric oxygen treatment. Um, I think you guys should check that out. Dina, I hope you check that out. Um, They also recommend in there consulting with your pediatrician. I think that is uh, a really wise move here. I know um, I work personally with some families who have had some mixed results with hyperbaric oxygen treatment. Um, Some of them say they love it. They swear by it. It was critical. And some of them had just uh, the exact opposite. So I think it's really about looking at your child individually and consulting with some of the experts like a doctor. Um, and I know Taka is uh, a, a big proponent of that as well. There's also a 2012 study, for those more scientifically based, that does start to talk a little bit about the, uh, the scientific piece of this. You can find that at www.ncbi.nim.nih.gov. 
backslash pub med, so P U B M E D, backslash two two nine eight seven five, sorry, four five eight. So that number at the end of that last backslash is two two nine eight seven four five eight. Um, so with that little time, figure I throw out that other information. Um, thank you so much uh, for emailing me your questions, Facebook posts. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I should not be surprised that I had probably 10 questions lined up and I only got to cover about five or six. Um, I guess, you know, I, I got to get used to the, the fact by now that I, I tend to uh, talk a little bit more than I plan. My wife always says that, uh, you know, any meeting I schedule for 30 minutes should always be an hour and an hour should be maybe two hours. It just, I always seem to talk a lot more than I anticipate on, uh, on any given topic. Um, so maybe next time I'll come in with a couple less questions. But the alternative is we'll just do this again. We'll, we'll take a couple of the questions that are left, add them maybe to some of our upcoming shows, and, uh, and maybe do uh, kind of like a back-to-school mailbag where we do a couple more questions. Um, feels like September is the right time to maybe do this again. Big milestone for our kids. Great opportunity to talk about some new topics. Maybe you guys um, who have some back-to-school questions, we can start talking about those as well and kind of put it all together for another one of these shows. Um, because this is just, you know... It, this is really about making sure you guys have the right resources and information. And I, I do my best to guess and, and work with, uh, with our awesome team here to, to find the right guests to give you those resources. But uh, questions like this, you know, it's direct from you. I know exactly what you want. So I, I really do appreciate you guys opening up, sharing these experiences, sharing these questions, because I'm sure you're not the only one out there. Um, and there's probably a, a, a morsel or, or a tidbit in this. Uh, of every question that can apply to something that's going on in your family and with your child. So last minute, as you guys know, more info at autismtherapies.com. Best way to ask a a question. Happy to help and and, uh, give any advice I can. Um, Please check out our Facebook page because the dialogues there have just been amazing. And uh, really the majority of these questions actually came direct from posts on Facebook, which it's just uh, so cool to see that community coming together um, within our greater community that we're building. Um, next week, we're going to be back um, talking with another parent who has a pretty amazing uh, story. Um, her son has really accomplished some incredible things. Um, so next week, um, we're going to talk to um, Chantelle uh, Cicely Kira. She's the author of A Full Life with Autism. I'm really excited for the dialogue. She's been featured in a, a couple documentaries and news reports that I'm also really excited to talk about that I've really enjoyed. So have a fabulous week, fabulous weekend, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye, everybody. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.